0: Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from King of Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Psalm 34 I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good things, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The rest of the psalm is pretty good as well. But (laughs) that's enough for us to digest this morning. We want to see the goodness of the Lord in our lives and in the lives of many other people all around us. There's always an ache in my heart to see more of God, not only in our own lives, but in the society in which we live. You see so many people whose lives are just utterly miserable and destroyed, Think of all the people that have lost touch with reality through dementia. There has to be an answer. Jesus is the answer. But you don't hear of people being set free from dementia and Alzheimer's and all these kinds of things in the way that must surely be possible. And it causes you to not only want to seek the Lord with greater purpose that we may see more and more of his delivering power at work, his saving grace at work in society all around us, but it causes us to think, well, are these symptoms of much deeper things that go on a deeper malaise really that exists within society that god doesn't want to address just the symptoms but the causes and how is it that we as the people of god can live and express our faith in such a way that we can make a greater impact on the world around us. I think if we don't have this in our hearts, we don't really understand the call of God on our lives because his call on us is not just to be saved or even to minister to one or two people, but the scripture says the whole of creation is crying out, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And when I look at all these things that are going on in the world around us, how even churches are embracing sin rather than righteousness, you can't do anything other than cry out to God for mercy, for his purposes to be revealed, but also... you know that you are always the beginning of the answer to your prayers. That God has to work stuff in you before he works it in those around you. And uh, as I was reflecting on this psalm, or as the Lord was speaking to me through it really, I realized so much depends upon what we say. Now we know that. We, we talk a lot here about the confession of our lips. But look at verses 13 and 14. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. A lie is anything that is a contradiction to what the word of God says. Because the word is truth, the spirit is truth, anything that is not in line with the word of God is therefore a lie, it's false, it's deception. Turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Now, the life of faith is expressed in what we say and what we do. If we don't say the right things, we won't do the right thing. So these two things go together. So what we say precedes all the answers that we want to see. So, for example, praise comes before the healing. You don't praise God because he's healed you. Praise precedes the healing. The healing in whatever way you want to interpret that in the fullest sense of that word, the way God wants to bring his healing into our lives, not just healing of certain infirmities. But praise comes first because God comes first. We don't praise him Because we're healed or because he meets need, we praise him for who he is. So the people of praise know the power of God in their lives and actually experience the power of God setting them free. Thanksgiving comes before receiving. You see, the life of faith is totally the opposite to what reason says. Reason would say, well, if God heals you, if God blesses you, then praise him. Reason would say, well, if God does something for you, you give thanks. But the word of God says, no, praise precedes the healing. Thanksgiving precedes Receiving. Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. And we're told to pray at all times with thanksgiving. If you can't give thanks when you pray, you're not actually praying with faith. You don't believe that what you are praying for will actually come into being. So the praise of our lips, not just of our hearts, it's not enough to have praise in your heart. It has to be expressed on your lips. It's not, ever, it's not enough to have an attitude of thanksgiving. The thanksgiving needs to be expressed by what we say. We are speaking those good things into, or over our lives and into our circumstances. Faith precedes the event. You see, there are so many religious people that want to see God do something in order that they might believe in him. But actually, faith doesn't operate like that. Faith precedes the event. You don't need faith after the event. But you do need faith before the event. So praise precedes the power of God in our lives. Thanksgiving Precedes the receiving. Faith precedes the event. And we're told to rejoice always, to be joyful always. Why? Because joy precedes the victory. You see, again, in the natural, you would think, well, when we are victorious, then let us rejoice. But no, it's the other way around. Joy precedes the victory. Praise precedes the demonstration of God's power. Thanksgiving precedes the receiving. Faith precedes the event. Joy precedes the victory. And then in this psalm, The psalmist points us to something else that has to be reflected in what we say and in what we do. See, all these things, the praise, the thanksgiving, the faith, and the joy are expressed in what we say. But then he points us to the fear of the Lord. Now, if we walk in the fear of the Lord, that's not only going to... Affect what we say, it's going to affect what we do as well as what we say. And in those verses that we've just read, the fear of the Lord produces three important things deliverance, provision, and protection. All three of those things come out of the fear of the Lord. Now, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we are in awe of him. We are in awe of who he is so that we will not sin. We will not grieve him. We will not yield to those temptations which will satisfy the flesh but grieve the spirit. Those who walk in the fear of the Lord do not live by his permissive will but by his sovereign will. And we've seen just how important that is ever since God spoke to us about that at the beginning of last term. So we can see how you put all these things together, the praise, the thanksgiving, the faith, the joy, the fear of the Lord. That speaks of the way in which we walk with the Lord, the way in which we talk, the way in which we act, the attitude of heart that we have, which are then going to produce all those good beneficial effects not only for us but also for others. It's so easy to talk about the problem to talk about the situation to talk about the challenges to talk about the negative things even to talk about what is going on in the world around us and actually we're only adding to the problem when we talk about the problem. Because what Jesus tells us to do is to speak to the mountain, to address the problems, to believe in our hearts when we speak that those mountains will be moved. But you see, Jesus says, speak to them. Speak to these mountains. He doesn't say have an attitude of faith towards them because Jesus understands faith and faith is only faith when it's spoken, when it's declared, when you act upon it. It's not faith until you speak it. You might think that you have an attitude of faith in the way that you think about a situation, but it doesn't actually become faith in reality until you speak it out and declare it. So Jesus, for example, would have had faith that those who came to him would be healed. But they weren't healed till he spoke out. Your faith has made you well. Get up and walk. Be open. The speaking, the addressing of the mountain, actually brought about the miracles and the healings that Jesus performed. Believing it in his heart didn't cause it to happen until he spoke. And we have to understand that the same principle applies to us. You think of Peter and John. They passed the cripple at the temple gate many times. On this one particular day, something of the Spirit must have witnessed to their hearts that they were to address the situation. They were to speak. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Just because on that day, they had a different attitude and didn't just walk past the beggar, didn't produce the healing. It wasn't the attitude... It was putting the attitude into words, speaking out and declaring the faith. We know from the book of Proverbs that our mouths, our words contain the power of life and death. You can speak death over a situation, you can speak life over a situation. And you see, what all this helps us to understand is that so often we can pray for the resolution of particular situations, but without necessarily doing what we need to do and say what we need to say in order that those prayers will actually become fruitful and we will see the answer. those who walk in the fear of the Lord lack no good thing. We've read it this morning. So if we are lacking anything ever in kingdom faith, that's a prompting of the Lord to say, walk in the fear of the Lord. Because you see, you could pray again and again and again for provision and not see it unless you are walking in the fear of the Lord. Amen? Because the scripture says that provision is the outworking of walking in the fear of the Lord. And you see, this is it. If if we are declaring what is negative, we're not walking in the fear of God. Only when we're walking by faith only when we're speaking and declaring that which we know to be the truth before the events that we then see the hand of God moving to meet need to answer to deliver to heal to provide to protect whatever whatever it may be. All those things are the result, are the consequence of actually what we're speaking and declaring and then walking in. But of course, Jesus tells us that it's from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. And you've heard me say to you often that you can only determine what is in your heart By listening to what you say. All kinds of conflicting things can go on within us, within our minds, within our thought patterns. But when we speak, we have chosen which of those conflicting things we actually believe. Which of those conflicting things we are going to place our lives under How important, therefore, you see, that our hearts are full of positive. Remember, in Hebrew thought, heart, mind, go together. If the heart is right, the mind will be right. The mind will be full of positive. The heart is full of the positive. And then your mouth will be full of the positive. So, to praise God is not to escape your problems into a spiritual unreality for a few minutes and then when the praise ends, you're back where you were before. No, praise is meant to lead to the deliverance, to the healing, to the freedom that God wants to see expressed in our lives because we're praising the one who has the power to set us free and to answer every need to meet every situation that confronts us. That's not actually why we praise him, but it's the consequence of praising him. If we're praising him from hearts that are set upon pleasing him, if we're praising him out of those mindsets that actually are based upon the fear of the Lord, being in such awe of God, we realize, who are we to deny God? Who are we to say no to what he commands? Who are we to even delay our response to his word? Who do we think we are? Because those kind of attitudes make you more important than God. To say no to what the Lord wants is in effect to say, I am above you, Lord. That the freedom of choice that you've given me is greater than your authority. Now that's a pretty disastrous attitude and Christians don't think like that, but that is in reality the situation when we grieve the Lord instead of please the Lord. It's an awesome thing to live in Christ. And to have Christ living in us. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Great privilege. But with it goes this awesome responsibility. The problem is the flesh, because the nature of the flesh never changes. And Jesus says, in your flesh there dwells nothing good. And the flesh is never destroyed. Your flesh will be with you to the end of your days on this earth. Therefore the flesh has to be denied. We have to die to the flesh. That's not just coming to a decision or even having some kind of encounter that sets us free. It's a continuous daily walk where we say no to the things that would please the flesh and yes to the things that please God. That begins with saying what pleases him if our hearts are really set upon pleasing him. And the words are followed by the actions. What we always have to remember is that you can never con God. You can never fool God. You can fool yourself. You can fool others. But you can never fool God. Because he sifts the motives and intentions of the heart. He sees right through us. It's true that he looks not upon the outward appearance but upon the heart, but he sees what's in the heart. And we see what is in our hearts when we listen to what we say. then it's clear to us what has been clear all along to God. Psalm 139 tells us that he knows our words even before they're on our lips. So he sees into the heart, and he knows what we were going to say because he can see the nature and the disposition of the heart. You can even try to cover up what what is in your heart by saying false things, knowingly saying false things in an attempt to deceive other people. But you can never deceive God. You can never deceive God. If you say something that's not really what you believe just because you want to... Be thought well of by others. That doesn't fool God. Might fool the other people, but it doesn't fool God. He sees. He knows. He understands. But all the time, he is wanting us, as the children of God, to prosper. You see, he's wanting all those things. The healing, the receiving, the deliverance, the provision, the protection, and so on. He wants us to have the faith that is going to precede all those events. He wants us to be expressing that faith by what we say and by what we do. So it's no to the negative. You have to come to this place where you decide no negative things are going to cross my lips. I will not speak negatively of myself. I don't want to speak negatively of others to judge them, to criticize them, to condemn them. My lips are to be a fountain of life. Life. That will bring healing and deliverance. Sometimes we have to bring correction. But the correction is always in love, just as God's correction of us is always in love. Sometimes if you're in a position of authority, you have to bring discipline. But again, just as God disciplines us in love, so we exercise that discipline in love. But it's all positive, you see. Because when you discipline, you bring something that is not in God's order into God's order, into what is right. So this is our continuous daily walk with the Lord. It isn't that we try to invent the right language because suddenly we're in a situation of need. And you remember this word, oh, praise precedes. Thanksgiving precedes. Faith precedes. Joy precedes. I better praise. I better be thankful. I better be joyful. Because God will see through that. What he wants is hearts of praise. Hearts of thanksgiving. Hearts of faith. You must believe from your heart, Jesus says. Hearts of joy. Hearts that are full of the fear of the Lord. Those are pure hearts that are set upon pleasing God. So praise him for his mercy and grace that in his mercy, he doesn't condemn us when we speak the negative rather than the positive. He doesn't judge us. But he knows that what we're doing is actually causing ourselves problems rather than alleviating the problems, rather than answering the need. That as long as we are negative and speak negative, we are actually adding to the negative. It's only when we declare the positive that we begin to undo the negative. Amen. I believe that there are so many, I I could say I know really, that there are so many afflictions that people experience in later life that are the product of years of wrong speaking. One of the things I had to do when I was a young pastor, this was even before I went to Luton, was to go every Sunday afternoon into uh, an old people's home to have um, a sort of a short service with them. It was one of the most difficult things I think I've ever had to do in my ministry because I, every week, would walk into this room. All these elderly people sitting around the edge of the room. Many of them with bodies that were gnarled. Their limbs twisted and fingers and with arthritis and so on. But if you listen to them talk, it was so negative So much criticism, so much dissatisfaction. And I used to think what they're suffering now, their afflictions, they're not something sent by God. But this is the accumulation of years and years and years of negativity. That the body. Reacts negatively and you've only got to read what it says about the way your words affect your bones uh, in the book of Proverbs to see that there's good biblical justification for understanding this. And how can you I used to think, how, how, Lord, can you change the thought patterns of elderly people like this who are so set in their ways and all they ever think is their own opinions, their own ideas? And I would go in and try to speak that, which was positive. You didn't have long, really, to try to address the situation. But, you know, I I always used to come out feeling complete failure, really. How can you possibly address years and years and years of negativity in just a few minutes? But it helped me to understand what I was learning at that time, how important it is to speak that which is good, and right and positive and affirmative you know there there was a a move before the move of the spirit that happened really the very end of the the 60s the 70s, 80s there there was a, a a period of time when in the world this is not specifically Christian although Many Christians were involved in it. A series of books written about the power of positive thinking. That's the world's concept of faith. That's um, the nearest that the world can get to faith without Jesus. But actually, it's quite powerful. If you think positive, because what these books were saying, if you think positively, you would speak positively, and then positive things will happen to you. Well, that's a good faith principle, isn't it? Even more powerful if you think Jesus, speak Jesus, and see the life of Jesus, because that can accomplish much more than simply the power of positive thinking. But I, it always interests me, you know, when you, when you look and see the patterns of what happens in the society around us. You see how even that was like a preparing the way for a new move of faith within the churches where people saw, yeah, positive thinking, fine, but it's not enough. What we need is not positive thinking, but positive believing, But if you have positive believing, you have positive thinking. And if you have positive thinking, you have positive speaking. And if you have positive speaking, then you have positive actions. And if you've got positive actions, then you have all these blessings that the scripture speaks of. The deliverance, the healing, the provision, the protection. But in all these things, the mouth is pivotal. Pivotal. What we say is what we get. It's not a question of name it and claim it. It's just understanding that you are determining the outcome by what you say. But what you say comes out of what you Believe in your heart. We can't change the circumstances in other people's lives, much as we would like to do that. We can speak into their lives that which God gives us to say. But just think for a moment of Jesus. What was in the heart of Jesus? Well, he spoke to the multitudes, many believed in him, people came to him, they received healing, they received deliverance, wonderful things were happening, because they were responding to the words that he spoke. But he was speaking also to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. The same Lord. the same voice, the same truth. What was in Jesus' heart when he was saying that? Do you think he wanted to judge them? Or do you think he wanted them to have a radical change of heart, to be delivered from their legalistic, religious ways, and to actually put their faith and trust in him? We know it was their religious intransigence that put him on the cross. That's the power of religion, as opposed to the power of faith. It wasn't the world that wanted to crucify him. Pilate didn't want to crucify Jesus. It was the religious people that wanted to crucify Jesus. You see this in the reaction where it's all over the press to this sermon on at the wedding on on Saturday, where the people of faith are saying, yes, hallelujah, at last, God has broken into a royal occasion. Instead of the usual sort of measured preaching that is aimed at the head rather than the heart. But you see, other people are ridiculing, laughing, saying it was a performance, anything rather than face the truth of what is said. Just like that, when Jesus spoke, or when the apostles spoke, or when anybody preaches the word of God when there are unbelievers, you're going to get this whole variety of responses. But you see, as with Jesus, in your heart, there is that same desire that all would turn to him and be saved. And it grieves you that some do ridicule and laugh rather than take to heart the words of truth that are spoken in the name of Jesus. And what a lesson this is to us. That all the time to have in our hearts this desire, not just to see people set free through salvation, but to see the liberating power of God coming to work in their lives. I'm sure from what we see in the biblical records that many, many, many people would have been healed by Jesus but still didn't believe in him. You see the ten lepers, for example, that were healed, but only one returned to give thanks. Ten were healed, one was ten were healed, one was saved. And I think that, that happens, that can happen a lot. I've known many people, the most amazing miracles of God's healing in their lives, but still they did not turn to him. Others around those people often did. It's very interesting. God always uses whatever happens for the benefit, for the good of his kingdom. But not necessarily the one who received the miracle is the one who is going to actually turn to the Lord and submit his or her life to him. Amazing, because you would think if people were on the receiving end of a miracle, that is all they would need to encourage them to surrender their lives to Jesus. But you see, hearts are not necessarily like that. How important it is then for us to understand that our hearts need to be good and right before God. And all those nagging, negative Selfish, self-seeking thoughts of the flesh have to be denied. No. No. I live for the glory of God. I live to please the Lord. When we give way to something of the flesh, it is not the end of the world. It is just further opportunity to praise God for his mercy and the power of his blood. But if we live in the fear of the Lord, we will not want to sin and want to grieve him, even though at times we may. It's not the deepest desire of our hearts but we want to glorify him to live for his honour, his praise and his glory. I remember when we were living in community one of the one of the young women she was in her early 20s and, and she came to me one day and she said, I have made a resolution. I am determined to rejoice always and give thanks in every situation. I listened with interest. <laughs> and I saw in the days following how she was really intent on trying to do this. And, uh, you know, you you couldn't help thinking, how long is this going to last? Because, you see, we need more than determination, don't we? We need that heart surrender to the Lord. But we need also The anointing of the Holy Spirit. We can only do it through the Holy Spirit. See, And this is the whole point. Just listen and we'll finish with this. The Holy Spirit will never, ever, 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 ever give you something negative to say. He guides you into all the truth. And the truth is always positive. He takes the things of Jesus and declares them to you. And all the things of Jesus are always positive. He reminds you of everything that Jesus has said and done. And that is always positive. So our dependence is upon the Holy Spirit. Our hearts, therefore, under... the guidance, the control even of the Holy Spirit because we are so yielded to the Spirit in our lives. And if we're yielded to the Spirit, we will have that spirit of praise, the spirit of thanksgiving, the spirit of faith, the spirit of joy, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord operating in our lives. And when we read in Isaiah about the anointing of the Holy Spirit that would be upon the Messiah, there are a number of things that are mentioned. But then at the end, it says, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And this is the amazing thing about Jesus, that in the days of his humanity, he lived in fear of his Father. That means in love and total surrender to his father. Hallelujah. So praise God. Give thanks. Praise him. Give thanks. Trust him. Rejoice in him. Walk in the fear of the Lord. And everything else will be added to us because this is what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen? Let's all stand. And let's praise him. Hearts of praise. Oh Lord, thank you for a heart of praise. That your praise will continually be on my lips. That's what the psalm declares. I will praise the Lord at all times, His praise will always be on my lips. Oh, Karala Sandaria, Leto Papa Kala Sataria, Leto Bacalasita, Papara Sataria, Leto Papa the O papa sandaria, di up papa Hallelujah, hallelujah. Papa paria let up a Oh, Mamara Sandaria, let over Pacarasi to the Sandom. Oh, Papara Sandaria, let over Pacarasi to the Sandaria, let over Calazina. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Koralaba Sandaria, let over Pacarasi to the Sandom. Oh, Paparia, let over Pacarasi to the Sandaria, let over Calazina. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Popa para sandare a lero papakarasi di san. Oh papara para sandare a lero papakarasi di san. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Popa para a lero papakarasi di san a lero papakarasi. Oh papa para sandare a lero papakarasi di san. Oh papa a lero papakarasi Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we praise you at all times, at all times, at all times. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. Thank you, Lord. While we're praising you, we cannot be negative. We cannot speak the negative while we're praising you. So we bless you, Lord. We praise your holy name. Your praise. Your praise will continually, continually be on my lips. Oh, Papara Zandaria Thank you, Lord. I can give thanks at all times because this is your will for me in Christ Jesus to give thanks in all circumstances. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. I give thanks before the event. I believe before the event. I praise you before the event. Papara Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, I want the eyes of faith. I want the vision of faith. I want to see the outcome. Oh, I want to be able to thank you for the outcome even before the event. Praise your holy name. Give thanks to you. Give glory to you. Lord, I want that faith that believes I have received it even before anything happens. Thank you, Jesus. That faith that addresses mountains, that heart faith that causes those mountains to be moved and thrown into the sea, never to be seen again. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. You want such power. There's power in praise. There's power in thanksgiving. There's power in faith. There's power and joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To rejoice always. To rejoice in you always, Lord. Because you are greater than the circumstances. You are the answer to every need. And I praise you. I bless you. I exalt you. bapakara Posta kalaria lero sandaria lero ba kalasi nama papa parasandaria lero papa sandaria lero ba kalasi oh papa parasandaria lena ma papa parasandaria lero papa sandama later in the in the psalms it says that those that walk in in these ways in these righteous ways that the Lord All his bones, all the person's bones are protected. You're not going to be gnarled with arthritis and all those kind of things. Your bones are protected because you have a joyful heart, a praising heart, a thankful heart. Thank you for good bones, Lord. Praise your holy name. Oh, hallelujah. Papa sandali alero pakalasinama. Oh, we praise your holy name. Kore alero pakalasi to di sandali alero pakalasinama. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pala laba sandali alero pakalasi to di sandama. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, you are so good. You are so good. You are so good. Now, Lord, we need the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We need to be like Jesus, to delight in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. That when we have grieved you rather than pleased you, you don't condemn us, but you forgive us. And you restore us. And you encourage us. And you bless us. Oh, we thank you for that never-ending flow of your loving kindness and mercy towards us. We bless your holy name, Lord. But Lord, I pray that None of us will treat you as being less than ourselves because we raise up ourselves in pride above your word, above your commands, above your will and purposes. But, Lord, may we be humbly submissive and submitted to you at all times that we will not say, have your will, but we will truly allow you to have your will, to have your way in our lives. And we bless you. We praise you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Those who fear the Lord, Receive deliverance, provision, protection. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He's redeemed my life from the pit. He crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies the desires of my heart with good things, renewing my youth like the eagles. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to bless you at all times, Lord. I want to bless you with everything that is within me. Let all that is within me Bless your holy name. I don't want anything within my heart, anything within my mind, anything within my life that does not bless you. Lord, I want only that which blesses you. So I say no to the things of the flesh and yes to the things of the spirit. Thank you that your spirit will always lead me in the way that is positive. He will always give me the words that are positive. He will always tell me to do what is positive. He will always enable the doing of what is possible, of, of what is positive. And I bless you, Lord. I praise your holy name. Come on, is there faith in the room? Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now start praising him and thanking him before the event. Whatever the event is that you have been praying for in your life, even perhaps in the lives of others, but start with the personal. Whatever event, praise him for it now. Give him thanks before the event. Believe before the event. Hallelujah. See the event taking place with the eyes of faith because you praise him and believe in him and thank him before the event, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It shall be as you have said. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Popaparialero papacarasitari lerato papapalasandama. Popaparazadabare lero papacarasitri sandama. Oh come on Jesus. Come on Jesus. Come on Jesus. Popaparialero papacarasitri sandama. Oh papaparialero papacarasitri sandama. Oh paparasandare lero papacarasitri sandama. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's hear the victory now. The joy. The joy of victory. The joy of victory before the event. Hallelujah. Oh, we rejoice in you always, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you. We praise you. We rejoice in you because you are faithful, because you are faithful, because you are faithful. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Lord, what joy fills our hearts because of your faithfulness. Papapara Zandaria Lerba Papacarazinama. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm happy. Come on. You can't be joyful without being happy. Papapara Zandaria Lerba Pakarazinama. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Papapara Zandaria Lerba Oh. Now, here's a word for some of you. You are not a problem. Because God doesn't have problems. And you're a child of God. And When you were born again, he didn't give birth to a problem. Hallelujah. So you're not a problem. Hmm? You don't even have a problem. You only have an answer to the problem. Hallelujah. So thank him that you're not a problem. You don't have a problem. But you have one who is called Jesus, who is the answer to your need. Hallelujah. Come on, let's let's thank him. Let's thank him. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, deliver us from all those negative attitudes, even towards ourselves that we won't think of ourselves as a problem, won't think of ourselves as having problems. That's negative. But we think faith, and we praise you, and we thank you, and we rejoice in you. That things cannot stay the same. We are being transformed into your likeness with ever-increasing glory, and we give you all the praise for that. We give you all the honor for that. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, too, for your anointing on all the things that you call us to do. Pray for your anointing on the prayer breakfast that is to take place tomorrow. We thank you, Lord, that there's going to be something, the touch of your Holy Spirit upon that whole event. And we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. Oh, Papa Parazan. It may only be a small step, but it's a significant step forward in your purposes. And we give you glory and honor, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just let's just give thanks over what God is going to accomplish tomorrow. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. sandaria Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. I bless you. Lord, you're so good. Thank you that you never change. You're always the same. Yesterday, today, forever. Always worthy of praise. Always worthy of thanksgiving. Always worthy of our trust. Always worthy of putting our joy in you. Always worthy of us living in the fear of the Lord. So we bless your holy name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's have a shout of praise for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.